Hi guys, this is Lo Bosworth and welcome back to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Yay! We have a really great guest on the show. When I think of wellness, I think of her. I mean, there's many women that I think about when I think about wellness, but Karina Dawn, the co-founder of Tone It Up, is definitely one of them. (laughs) Um, So Karina, like I said, is the co-founder of Tone It Up, which is a fitness and lifestyle community for women, and you're also a best-selling author. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good. We clap. Karina, on I Love Wellness, the show really exists to empower women, um, you know, empower their bodies and minds. And so we have a lot of like really open and honest conversations on the show. um, And we talk about what makes us well. Mm -hmm. And you have had so much success, um, you know, in fitness, in wellness and lifestyle. And I guess I would just love for you to tell our listeners kind of how you got started because Tone It Up is so popular. Millions of women follow you. They they believe what you have to say and it makes their lives better. And so it's so cool to have somebody, you know, who's so influential in that way on the show. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, it's myself and my business partner, Katrina. We co-founded Tone It Up. It's been uh, 10 years now, wow. which is crazy as time flies. <laughs> yeah. And it came from a passion of fitness and wanting to build a community for women where they could come and feel safe and live their happiest and healthiest life. I mean, I could start way back when, when I was a little girl, you know, I'd watch my mom work out to like Jane Fonda DVD mm-hmm. or not DVD. We didn't have DVDs, VHS tapes. VHS tapes. <laughs> yes. Did she wear the whole outfit also? Do you remember? No, she didn't. That's okay. But she was also like, she would do the step aerobics and all of that. And I would always like watch her and be like, oh, one day I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of first found this passion for fitness back then, just kind of when you're looking up to your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there was a big period of my life that, you know, took a different turn. Mm. Um, which we can go into as well. But then I, you know, I came out of it and um, found fitness again and started being active and being active became my therapy and pulled me out of a a deep depression and kind of led us, led me to Katrina where we co-founded Tone It Up and wanted to share a passion for fitness and health and wellness. And also, you know, letting women know that you can have fun and be fit and eat healthy and you know, really live your best life. Mm, That's so great. Talk to me about the evolution of the business, how you guys started and where it is today, because you guys have meal plans, you have fitness plans, you have products at Target, you know, it's a community online. So talk to me sort of like about the evolution and where you first started and the original vision that you had for the company has it kind of changed along the way. Because often I talk to entrepreneurs and like where I started is definitely not where I ended up. Right. Well, I definitely, we always had a vision, which was creating a community and a safe place for women. Mm-hmm. And we met at a gym. Very cliche. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I was probably no better place to meet for you. Yeah. And you know, it was, I had just moved to Manhattan beach, not far. I was already living in LA and, um, Marina Del Rey. And I was at the gym a lot on Friday nights, newly single and Kat had just moved from Boston and she was training there and we just struck up a conversation. She came up to me and we realized that we lived a block from each other and, you know, we kept running into each other at the gym and finally we exchanged numbers and started going on long walks together (laughs) and coffee dates and yoga dates. And as we talked, we both, you know, 
at the time were also already in the fitness industry as trainers and I was a triathlete as well. And we just had this vision. We're like, well, let's partner up, you know, the power of two and let's create this community. So we started with YouTube videos online Mm -hmm. and that was, it was cooking videos and workout videos and, you know, just kind of snowballed from there. But it was really, truly just from a passion of, you know, myself, um, fitness was so much of my more like mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and Kat also used fitness. She was, um, overweight as a child and teenager and got bullied a lot. And so she got into health and wellness that way. So fitness really shaped our lives in such a profound way that we just wanted to share it with other women. I love that. And now 10 years later, are you still excited about your mission? Yes. (laughs) That's great. Yes. And even more excited because, you know, our number one goal is just being in more women's homes. I mean, a lot of women are part of our community or know of Tone It Up, but there's millions of women who don't. And I truly believe that with our mission, like the more women who know about Tone It Up and taking better, you know, physical and mental health, um, taking better care of themselves. And also it's a community community of non-judgment and mm-hmm. where women come together and there's a camaraderie. And it's just, I truly believe that we'll make the world a better place the more that Tone It Up is shared with others. I love that. I love, you know, um, sort of the safe place that you have built. And I, you told me that you started it decade ago and the internet is such an unsafe place mm-hmm. and so I think that it probably is a relief for so many people to join your community and feel like they can have these open and honest conversations and talk about what's really happening to them and and get the support they need um, without feeling judged I want to join the community yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sign up after this I need to get my fitness in order I need to talk to some of these ladies how they do it for me like I get in these moments where I'm working out great I'm working know five days a week and then I stop and then I don't do exercise for like five months and it's been like the pattern my whole life and I don't know how to break the pattern and it's really it's it's hard for me yeah what do you think stops you from for those five months laziness yeah like busyness right now you know running love wellness I'm just so consumed in my mind and laying in bed and getting like a couple extra minutes of rest feels better to me than like putting on my pants and going to soul cycle even though I do feel better after I go to soul cycle it's that like oh my god I'm working so hard and I'm using so much energy every day like I need a moment to myself that's just calm and it's it's always been in those moments where I've just like really stressed out and like where I my focus is on something else because whenever I get into this mode of like I'm eating really well and I'm working out a lot I think it's because I have been less busy less projects and so that becomes my project Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so right now my focus is elsewhere and so I just lose focus on what I should be doing for myself every day you're number one and you need to remember (laughs) that I mean literally like I, when we were building Tone It Up, we went through this phase where we as fitness experts and, you know, we stopped working out because we were so busy and then we're like, wait a minute. And then you feel like crap and you start like from, you know, my mood definitely goes, if I'm working out every day and meditating, I'm up here. Mm -hmm. If I stop after three days, I'm like, get it together. Like I have to. And so then you become more efficient running your own business as well. So there was some scientific study that said even like a lot of people who say have a big presentation 
or something one day and they're like, I'm just going to focus on this work before this presentation rather than going for a 20 minute, even walk outside. Mm -hmm. But if you just would rather take that 20 minute walk outside instead of maybe that little 20 minutes of work, you're actually more efficient and brighter and more energetic through the rest of the day. Yeah, that is actually even some of the conversations we've had on the podcast lately. My perspective is starting to change. And I mean, I, I talk about this with people who work too hard all the time. I'm like, make time for yourself. You're going to work better if you make time for yourself. But in my mind, making time for yourself is like taking a bath and like mm-hmm. making a home cooked yeah. dinner. It's like a different sort of type of self-care, I guess. Not a lazier kind of self-care, but like a really relaxed that. version of self-care. And I think for me, if I can get it in my mindset that like going on a little run or like even stretching for 15 or 20 minutes will help put me into a better frame of mind so that I can perform better. I have less brain fog. I have less energy, you know, just literally moving your body. I know it makes me feel good. It's just hard for me to like actually get there all the time. I hear you. But and it's a lot okay. of other women hear you too. <laughs> actually, even this is crazy. It was not through 23andMe, but if you do the 23andMe test, you can upload your genetic data into these other apps that tell you based on your genetic code kind of who you are. You know what I mean? Like one is like you're more prone to have diabetes. You're more prone to just be thin forever. And it even came down to lifestyle. And one of mine was <laughs> difficult to motivate to exercise. <laughs> I swear to God, I have a gene in my body that <laughs> makes it hard for me to get motivated to go out there and move my ass. You're like, yes, I do. I so like, maybe it's really genetic. Maybe it comes down to that. Maybe with me, it's not mind over matter. It's just who I am. <laughs> do you think you can ever change genetics? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is who you are. You're born this way. The only the only thing that I can think of that sort of like changed genetics or expresses genes is, that I am aware of is in the case of like autoimmune. You know, you mm-hmm. hear all about all these people that like get Lyme disease and then it expresses some gene in their body that creates this other autoimmune disorder. Um, and so that's how, how I, that's what I know about changing your genes. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to email me and be like, you have no idea what yeah. you're talking about, <laughs> which is probably true, but it's okay. Um, anyway, I would love to get back to sort of your origin story with tone it up and why you decided to come to California. Um, I know this is really important to you. So I'm, I'm curious for you to kind of just get into it a little bit deeper if you want to. Yeah. I am originally from Indiana, Midwest girl, and I moved to California at 18. I actually was on this journey. Um, so I guess backing up, I, I grew up with a mother who was a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. And so it was a very, very troubling childhood. And um, so, you know, even my, my teen years were filled with, you know, kind of like being brainwashed by your mom. Because when you're a little girl, you believe whatever your mother tells you. And yeah. I don't know if you know much about schizophrenia or paranoid schizophrenia some Uh, but um there's delusions and visions and a lot of thought processes a lot of religious things um you know we weren't allowed to watch tv we couldn't wear uh, anything with like a graven image which would be like a flower on your dress Mm. um couldn't listen to music um you know just a lot of rules we lived in a house where all the artwork was burned and um you know, and then my mom would go missing here and there and she would be missing persons for several months. And so at one of these bouts of being a missing person, she 
um, was gone for several months and my dad hired another private investigator and she was in California in LA. And so I was a senior in high school and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see mom and I'm going to bring her home. Cause I was always the one that's like, I can save my mother. Mm-hmm. So I come out to California and I end up um, bringing a friend with me and falling in love with California. I was supposed to be here a week and my friend went home and I met some like friends <laughs> back then. I was like a total raver and I was just like, you know, a nomad. A I'd raver. Be. Oh yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I just made some friends, stayed with them, realized I couldn't save my mom. Um, she was very sick at the time, but I fell in love with California and went back to Indiana and s- took three months, got a job as a telemarketer, saved $600 and found my way out here. And hmm. so that's how my journey to California began. That's really interesting. Um, the the relationship with your mother do you still have a relationship with her is she still alive i do have she's still alive yes um i have the best relationship that i could possibly have with her sure um it's definitely difficult and strained but i have her here in california now is was there a time in your life um, that you just sort of had to make peace with the situation at hand? How did you do that? Yeah, um, acceptance, a lot of that. Um, you know, I would say, so this 10 years from like 12 to 22 where I was went through like pr- a pretty bad depression because at that time, you know, this was back in the 90s and no one was talking about what mental illness was. Mm-hmm. And so me as a teenager... I shut myself off and never talked about it. And then I was like the weird kid at school who had like a crazy mom, but no one ever talked about it. And um, I also had an attempt at suicide and at 13 and ended up in the hospital. And um, then it was, you know, I always thought I would just end up like my mom because it goes back to the genetics. Mm -hmm. I was like, my grandpa, her dad had schizophrenia. My mom had it. I was like, I'm doomed. Fuck, you know? Mm. Why ever try to be successful at anything? Why ever, you know, try to make a a life for myself? So that's where I, you know, turned to drugs and parties and came out to California and just had a grand old time in Hollywood from 18 to 21, you know, just all of that because I never believed in myself and I was living in fear. Mm-hmm. And um, it was finally around 21, 22 that I had this breaking point and it was probably on like a three-day bender <laughs> and just like okay i'm sitting here in a park like what am i doing with my life there's got to be something better and um i had this like big rash all over my body it was uh, psoriasis caused from stress and i went to a doctor and she was like i'm not prescribing you anything she's like go to yoga hmm. i was like okay <laughs> so I got into yoga and went back to like what made me happy. And that was being physically active when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so I started running and competing in triathlon Mm -hmm. and getting back into fitness. And like, that's where fitness, like it became my therapy. Sure. Talk to me about the courage that it took to sign up for that first triathlon or even to go to that first yoga class, because sometimes it's these little changes 
that require the most energy and the mm-hmm. most effort, right? It's that's very true. Um, because I remember I had lost all faith in myself. I didn't think I was worth anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think I could succeed or accomplish anything. So signing up for that first triathlon and training for it and committing to maybe four or five months of training. And then mm-hmm. it was in San Diego, driving there, leaving at two in the morning by myself and doing that race, like literally tears down my face when I crossed the finish line. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first thing that I had ever stuck to and followed through. Yeah. And so that was kind of like a big shift. Then I was like, wow, okay, that was seems like such a little thing, but it was such a big thing for me that mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, I'm going to accomplish this and I can accomplish this. And I just kept going. Yeah. That's really cool. That makes me want to shed a little tear because <laughs> I understand the feeling, yeah. you know, I feel like it's so rare that you set to your mind to something and you can actually follow through all the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, physical fitness or activity is um, like a triathlon, for example, is one of those things where it's actually measurable, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to do it. I did it. It's over. You know what I mean? Versus like, oh, I'm going to start this company because like that's never ending. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like, oh, I'm going to be in this relationship or I'm going to do this. It's like it's nice to have goals um, and set milestones for yourself that are actually achievable. Yeah. um, Because then it gives you just a different feeling, I think. Um, So I know that for you, a lot of, you know, your behavior when you were younger and even sort of like the turning point for you was driven by fear, um, which is so common, right? Mm -hmm. And for everybody, their fear is their own fear, right? For you, you know, it's, I'm worried that this is going to happen to me for somebody else, whatever it is, but do you still live with that fear? Is that still like a driving factor for you? No. Mm. I have, you, or I got to a point that I did enough work um, to overcome the fear and then just live in love. I don't, I don't have that fear. And I actually can look back on everything that happened to me in the past and see how it made me like, I never regret anything. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, even my mom, I, she's like, I was never there to raise you. I'm like, mom, but you raised me in a different way. Like it's just shifting that perspective. I was like, I, you, I had to grow up really fast and, um, yeah, I don't, I, I know that I'm healthy and that's why I always think like if I would have continued on my own path, my old path, would I have ended up like my mother? Mm. But did I change genetics? Did I? I don't know. Yeah. I, again, so I have no clue what I'm talking about, but <laughs> no. Okay. Now I understand why you, why you said that yeah. um, and, and why you brought it up. It is interesting. You know, the people that I know that have achieved so much in their life, professionally typically have always had some major hardship whether it's a family relationship um you know a romantic relationship an illness a death or whatever you know it's like life forces you to deal with the inevitable um and it's kind of how you choose to deal with it that enables you to come out on the other side of somebody who is very well prepared to be successful um and I just see that that pattern repeated over and over again. It's like yeah. you really have to go through the shit in order to like self-actualize. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And all of that shit, like 
you know, building a business and that's taking risk. And then when bad stuff happens in business, it's like, eh, it's not that bad. I already totally. been through all this shit. Like I can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've worked with different people before and I'm somebody that doesn't really let my emotions get the best of me, especially when stuff happens at work. Um, I'm pretty good at controlling myself and being like very measured and just looking at the facts of the situation and being logical about it. Like, okay, here's how we get from step A to step B. Or I am very much of the belief that like every problem does have a solution and it doesn't require you to go into like a fit of rage (laughs) to get there, to get from point A to point B. And, um, I don't know. That's just the way that I like to work. And I've also applied that sort of like methodology to my personal life. Um, My boyfriend studied philosophy in college and he considers himself to be like um, somebody who follows stoicism. Um, And stoicism is about virtue and tranquility Mm -hmm. and not allowing your emotions to get the best of you. And like the emotions that you do enjoy are like happiness and joy and things like that. And when things are stressful, you learn how to sort of um, contain them and deal with them in Uh, a virtuous and tranquil way Mm. and it's something that he has taught me and that I strive to live by now um one of my favorite quotes from um a stoic philosopher is by this guy Seneca and he says that we often suffer more in imagination than in reality Mm mm-hmm And it's something that I sort of like live by every single day in my personal life and as I run my business as well. And for me, that also really ties into my ability to deal with my anxiety. Um, I have been somebody that has had anxiety since I was a kid, but it wasn't until I was in my 20s living in New York City that I was actually like diagnosed with like generalized anxiety and you know doctors were like okay like this is just who you are you know when I was little every time my mom would leave the house I would be so panicked that she was gonna die every single time I'd call her over and over and over again and you know like it turns into and morphs into all these different things as you grow up but um you know suffering more in imagination than in reality is the same thing to me as something that I learned from one of my great therapists which is Um, what is versus what if and what is is the idea that like you are living in the present Mm -hmm. like you and I are just sitting at this table we're warm we're safe we have a glass of water right here everything's totally fine versus what if which is anxious thinking Mm -hmm. which is considering every fucking possibility that's not real that has not come to fruition that you're totally making up in your head um and so for me as somebody that does have anxiety and anxiety is different than stress right people with stress are like I have anxiety I'm like you know you don't you just have stress (laughs) um but But for me, as somebody that has lived with anxiety and has also dealt with a lot of depression over the past couple of years, those two things, or it really is just one concept, really, is like the thing that helps me the most every day. Yeah. It's just especially just being present like this is it and nothing else exists outside of this moment in this space and you're safe yeah exactly truly my therapist was like where are you i was like i'm sitting on my bed he was like you safe i was like yeah he was like what is cool that's it that's all you need to concern yourself with and i finally started to like learn that and like appreciate it in my body and in my mind you know what i mean yeah I think a, a lot of people, especially now, like anxiety and depression, especially with women, is at an all-time high. And so finding those like coping skill skills are like so important um, for you. Maybe it's your bubble bath. 
Or you're staying present. Fuck girl, I love a bath. <laughs> I take one every day. Yeah, so that helps you. But yeah, I mean, I've had anxiety as well and stress. And, you know, it's kind of like, how do you blur those two lines? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why for me, like meditation is uh, so important. Do you me. meditate every day? Mm-hmm. You really do? Yeah. What I, kind of meditation do you do? Um, I vary it sometimes it's silent meditation with a mantra um mm-hmm. i've studied vedic and yeah i just got certified under deepak chopra and very and, cool yeah, so um and then sometimes i listen to guided meditation it's mm-hmm. whatever i need and i just went to this retreat that was a week long where literally we sat in silence for like three or four hours a day wow and it is crazy though how like it's so hard at first but then the longer you can sit with yourself and sometimes it's the mantra of just i am i am it's kind of Mm-hmm. Know, and um your stress levels just go down mm-hmm. and once you're okay with sitting with yourself there's this uh, the guys re- um who was hosting the retreat is kyle season uh, the first time i saw him was at a wanderlust festival and he was like if you can't sit with yourself for an hour a day in silence how do you expect anyone else to sit with you i was like Hmm. <laughs> when he means an hour by yourself every day does that mean like no book no phone just like yourself close your eyes and breathe and just be there yeah i could do that i love doing that yeah um okay so you meditate every day um and then let's talk about how do you pronounce it nami 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 yes nami. national alliance of mental illness so that is a nonprofit that mm-hmm. I volunteer with, um, something I've wanted to do for many, many years. And, you know, I've now I've, you know, dedicated a lot of time with them. Um, they're like the largest grassroots nonprofit for mental health. Mm. And they've been around for like 40 years. But, you know, when I was in high school, like I said, there was there were no resources. Totally. Right. How like, old are you? I'm 38. Okay, so, I'm 32, so I'm a couple years behind you. But I remember it's like yeah. mental health was not a thing. Yeah, you don't talk about it. You, <laughs> you know, you're shamed if something's wrong with you. I mean, would you be able to say that you suffer from anxiety and depression like two or three years ago? Even two and three. Yes, yeah. yes. I was having that conversation with people two yeah. and three years ago. Yeah. But I feel like I was one of the first people in my circle to be like, I'm hey. depressed. Yeah. You Which know what I mean? Great. Yeah. And, you know, people are speaking out more about it but anyway so with nami i go to like high schools colleges junior highs and actually speak to young students about mental health about signs within themselves or maybe one of their friends if there's signs of suicide or any kind of mental health disorder you know Mm -hmm. bipolar depression and we talk about coping skills like what is it you know they can talk about openly about what they do if they're starting to feel a certain way whether it's get outside and play do sports read a book take a bath um and just provide them like all the resources that they need and have it be like an open conversation with students about mental health and really just breaking the stigma Mm. and do you feel like just having these conversations helps to break the stigma i think so yeah you know even with my own mom she's feels stigmatized she won't talk about it Mm -hmm. she'll she won't she doesn't listen to podcasts so she won't hear this (laughs) but she's like embarrassed of her own mental health Mm -hmm. but she's sick and the same thing as if she also had cancer recently but Mm -hmm. she went to the hospital and you know had surgeries got on medication and cured the cancer but she doesn't want to address the disease in her brain 
So it's kind of just educating people like it's there's no difference. It's a disease. Right. So it's okay to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay to have the conversation about it. Um, and yeah, to seek help, I think more than anything else. Yeah, suffering in silence. But I think like that is part of the, the problem with depression um, and with anxiety is that like you you tend to suffer in silence because like the natural reaction is to just continue to suffer. Um, you know, you're already feeling down, you're already feeling tired, you're already not feeling good about yourself. And like the strength that is required to pull yourself out of that, even to make that first phone call yeah. can feel like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's hard. So I was like, you know, it's so important to check in with your friends, your loved ones and like talk to them and, you know, let them know it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And, you know, when you are suffering in silence, oftentimes if someone's suffering from depression or anything, you actually stop doing the things that make you happy. So then that just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And so, so what are the things that make you happy? Me? Mm-hmm. Yes, you. <sighs> Me? I guess. Um, getting outside in nature. Like anytime I need, I'm like, get outside, go for a walk, read a book, take care of me. I love bubble baths too. <laughs> Work out, spend time with my husband. Um, I love to travel. I love to see new things. Mm-hmm. I like to keep things exciting. I love that. So um, with work at Tone It Up, how many people are, are you guys now? Like 100? No, no, no. Half that. Half that. Okay, 50. <laughs> yeah. That's still a yeah. lot. Yeah. That's a big organization. Um, and so do you still work on that every day? Just tell me sort of like, what is your like every day? Like, what does a normal Wednesday look like for you? Oh, gosh. It's, every day is different. Okay. Um, you know, today I've been all over L.A. going to different meetings. Um, and then tomorrow we're filming uh, at 730 in the morning. Mm-hmm. We're filming a live workout. At our, we have a new studio location that's like a pop-up studio mm-hmm. in Manhattan Beach. And we're filming a live workout for our app. Cool. So we'll do that. And then it's followed by meetings. And then, you know, it's every day is different. And um, yesterday I was at the office for an eight and a half hour board meeting. Really exciting. Okay. <laughs> so literally, you know, we're at the office. We're filming workouts. We're filming content. We're connecting with our community uh, through social media mm-hmm. or events. So that's really exciting. So you and Katrina really are just running the company every day. It's your baby. Yeah. And we have some great execs that we've brought on and um, that help us then not have to, that that help us get out to connect with our community more Mm -hmm. rather than having to be at the office every day. There's certain things that we have to be there for, but our passion is speaking to other women Mm -hmm. and getting out there. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, talk to me a little bit about the culture at tone it up. It's, it's interesting when you talk to entrepreneurs and founders and they, everybody has a vision for what they want their company to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at tone it up, what, tell me about your culture. We have a, a, we pride ourselves on our culture. It's very important. Mm. And literally it's, everyone wears yoga pants to work, which is really great. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's mostly women at our office Mm -hmm. uh, and we're downtown Manhattan beach. We have that lifestyle. We're at the beach ocean view. You know, that was really important for us, even as we grow, just to keep that location and, you know, tone it up has always had that beach vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just, we have a lot of young employees that get along, hang out together, work out together, 
you know, it's very. Do you we, guys have like lunch hour and workout hour? We some, <laughs> we do have group workouts sometimes. Yeah. We do happy hours sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're not like, hey guys, it's noon. Let's go for a run every day. No. No. But a lot of our. Not mandatory, of course. But, <laughs> but a lot you know, of I'm our, curious because like lunch hour, I would expect that a company like tone it up. You give people an hour in their workday to exercise or like do whatever it is that they want for their I, bodies. A lot of our employees, they do. They'll, They'll go to the strand and on their lunch break, take mm-hmm. a walk, get outside. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's nice. I like that. Um, so something we do on the show is called secret wellness ritual. Okay. And it's the one thing that you do that you really don't tell people about, but you do it because it makes you feel really good. So what's yours? Go. Oh gosh. I would say I don't really talk about, I, um, I love CBD for anti-anxiety. Okay. <laughs> that's something I don't talk about. That's there a we wellness go. ritual every morning, every night. Every morning, every night. Cool. Do you take like a tincture? Do you have capsules? What do you do? A tincture. Yeah. A tincture. Awesome. And and I give it to my dog too. My dog has high. Does it calm him? Yes. Or her? her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. So your secret wellness ritual is a little CBD. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you live in California, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. What message do you want to leave our listeners with? That you have everything in you to live your best life and truly be happy and passionate and present. Mm. It's just the work and all the resources are there. It's all within you. You just yeah. have to find it. Yeah. Great. Um, where can our listeners find you and find Tone It Up? It is toneitup.com and Instagram is Tone It Up or Karina Dawn. Okay. Awesome. Thanks you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode and check us out next week for something new.